more or less, but you could not be over until your fever broke. Uh, and so when you've got people, young people uh, that travel, and if they get a hold of something that doesn't just uh, set well with their system, it can they can elevate their 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 body temperature by their body doing what it does, fighting whatever little bacteria thing is and off. And if they would have to stay until they could get to the normal range temperature, and you just you just don't leave somebody in a foreign country. So what would happen as the team leader? I would feel obligated to stay with whoever stayed while everybody else went home and be there for ever how long. When we went the year before. Um, we got home. <laughs> we got home on Saturday, and on that was on the tenth, they shut everything down. And the team that was going down there, or it was down there when we came home, it took them fourteen days to get out of Honduras. And uh, they traveled back by military escort. So um, they got on a C-130 and flew into another country, and then got on a civilian plane and come home. But 14 days. You know, and if you run a business or your family and, you know, that's a that's a long time for them to not even know when you're going to come home. Uh, so that we decided not to go. Well, now things are, are back. So uh, we have two people that are down there right now and they're, for lack of a better term, they're scoping the situation out. So. Uh, so far, everything they've told us has been right from the information that we've received. So uh, it looks like we're going to be on um, next uh, February, 1st of March. Any other praises, prayer requests, announcements? Okay. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your sacrifice. And Lord, most of all, we thank you for calling us to you. We ask you, Lord, to be with each one of those that are on the prayer list that are mentioned and those that aren't, the unspokens, uh, the, the missionaries and the ones that are persecuted, you know, our country, the military, um, Revival, nursing facilities, all of those, Lord. Uh, we go down the list and uh, those we give you a praise for those who have been removed from the prayer list. Lord, we ask you to touch those that were added. Lord, we ask you to be with, uh, to be with those that are having procedures. Uh, Lord, those that are going to have tests this week, we lift them up to you and we ask you, Lord, to to guide the doctors and the medicine and, and the results of the test so that you receive the glory for what's happening. Lord, we love you. We ask you, Lord, to uh, to be with those that are that have this little cold thing that's going around at the beginning of the summer. Uh, Lord, we ask you to be with those that are that will knock it out and get back to being normal or as far as normal can be, that they'll get back to doing the things that honor you. Lord, we just love you. Uh, we thank you for all of those that came today. Lord, we just uh, know that they entered your house for a purpose because you drew them here. Lord, I ask that when we move into the time of our service that you would just 
Take away the distractions of this world. Take away the distractions of our lives so that we can focus and worship you with one mind, one heart, one strength, one soul. Give us the renewed ability to love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, I just love you and I ask you to bless this time together in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Our offertory hymn is number 91. 91. Surely, goodness and mercy. Once again, good morning. 
Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the, the book of Mark, chapter 4. Um, if you were at the funeral, you've heard part of this, um, or the graveside, and I'm going to get a little deeper in it today. Um, verse 35 is where I'll start. Uh, to lead up into this, if you go back to where we were at in Matthew uh, 12, 13, 14, Jesus had been 14 had just spent a day teaching with parables and he just spent that day having a confrontation with the Pharisees and, and he goes on and he gets to where the crowd is pressing on him and he gets in a boat and he pushes out and uh, and then he starts teaching to them there and he tells them about the sower and he explains it. The other parables he did not explain to the public. He waited until they were alone and he explained them to the disciples. And, uh, and so in verse 35 it says, I'll start reading in 35 and we'll go to 41. It says, And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there uh, were also with them other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves were beat into the ship, so that it was full. And he was in the hinner, which is the stern, the back of the ship, back of the boat, uh, asleep on a pillow. And they awaken him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a, calm, a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we ask you to open this scripture up to us that it will touch the hearts that need to be touched. That we'll understand some things that goes on in our lives. Lord, we, uh, we just love you and we trust you. I ask that you give me the ability to explain these well for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay. He told him to get in the boat. He was already in the boat. He said they took him just as he was. He was tired. This part is showing us the humanity of Jesus. Even though he knew everything that was going on, he knew what awaited him on the other side, he knew what he had just went through with the Pharisees, he knew where he was going to wind up, he knew the cross, he knew all of that, yet he was able to go into the back of the boat and sleep. He was tired. He was weary. That was the human side of him. How many of us, after a long, stressful day, or a long day teaching and doing whatever, we just want to lay down and take a, get a nap? And Jesus would nap wherever he could, but this said he was asleep. Now, he was probably sleeping pretty good. He was sleeping good enough that when the waves started crashing into the boat, it didn't wake him. Well, I'm going to give you a little geography lesson, and I mentioned this uh, uh, Friday. 
The Sea of Galilee is, I'm going to round it up, 18 miles long and at the widest part about 8 miles wide. And I think it's 17 something and 7 something. Um, according to some of the references, the place that they were crossing was about 5 miles wide. Now you need to understand that the, the majority of his disciples were fishermen. They grew up on this lake, really, it's instead of a sea. They grew up on it. That's how they made their living. That's how they traveled. That's how they did what they did. They knew all about the lake. They knew about the storms. They knew all of that. Because they grew up on it. Their father was fishermen. And there's a mountain, Hermon, on the other side. And what happens is, is the the hot air coming off the, the desert rises up the mountain, goes over the top, and it shoots down. Shoots down all the little wadis, the little crevices, uh, the little canyons, and dumps out into the lake. And at the same time, see a 630 some feet below sea level. And then at the same time, come, the breeze coming off the Mediterranean Sea is moist and cool, comes down and blows across. And when those two mix, we know what happens when hot air and cool air collide. It creates storms. Big ones. And, uh, and that's what happened. But it said they were afraid. Even the disciples that were fishermen were afraid. They were fearful. And they were, you know, they were probably bailing like you wouldn't believe. And they were probably shocked at the fact that he was back there asleep. You know, and, and so what happens is, is why do you think Jesus told them that, uh, that you have, why are you so fearful and why is it you have no faith? Think about it. Think about it a minute. Go back to, go back to Jonah. Jonah went to sea in disobedience, correct? He was running from God's order to tell him to go to Nineveh. And he goes out to sea and there's a great storm and he tells him, throw me overboard. The disciples are going across the lake in obedience. He said, take me to the other side. He didn't say, take me halfway out and we're going to die in a storm. He said, take me to the other side. And when you get to the other side, they will be safe. When Jesus told them, take me to the other side, let us pass over unto the other side. He, he meant that they were going to get there. The disciples had no faith. Now remember, us in our lives, something comes up suddenly. Just like at the, for the funeral that we did, we had a sudden tragedy in that family. How many of us have sudden things happen in our lives? And the first thing we do, we either get fearful or we're afraid but what's usually one of the last things we do turn to Jesus turn to Jesus why is that why is that see the most important part of a man and I use man as that's our species is his will we have God in us when we become Christians the Holy Ghost tells the will of man to do right when we don't do right, it's not because of our will. It's because of our perverse nature and it is also because 
of our disobedience, our claim to ourselves, I know best for me. When we become Christians, we give all that up. You know, Jesus said, take up your cross. Follow me daily. And here we find out that you can be afraid even in obedience. He's teaching us that even, even the, the one who would win the Mr. and Mrs. Christian Award have troubles in their lives. Suddenly, riding down the road, flat tire in the middle of an interstate. Go home, turn the spigot on, no water, the well's gone dry, or, or the pump's gone out. Flush the commode, it backs up, cause septic tank's full. Hottest day of the year, you walk in your house and the candles have melted because the air condition went out. Sudden things that upset us. Usually the first thing is you try to flick a breaker and see if you can fix it, and then the second thing is is you call on somebody to come work on it, and somewhere in between there, Lord, what am I going to get the money to pay for this? That's the first time the Lord is mentioned. See, God has blessed us with a lot. He's blessed us with so much that we should be, we should be thankful when the things we have break. They did, the disciples were out there, and all they had was paddles, and some buckets and they were bailing for their lives and they were afraid and the thing that I think that, that caused Jesus to say why are you so fear fearful and how is it that you have no faith is the fact that they said "Oh, go!" they were arguing that's the great thing about this while they were arguing with each other about them perishing and arguing who was going to wake him up that didn't even wake him up he was at peace he was resting he was in a deep sleep exhausted probably and they said master this is what probably caused him to make those statements master carest thou not that we perish basically he said wake up man don't you care we fixing to die And he said, man, what's the matter with you? Why are you afraid? Don't you have any faith? They've just seen all the things that he did. They've just seen him work. I can't tell you, they got it honest. Playing the trivia back here in the Sunday school room, the disciples got it honest. God parts the Red Sea. They cross over on the other side. They go to complaining. What do you do? Bring us over here to starve to death? You know, they had the pillar of fire at night and the cloud during the day. That was God. And they're questioning Moses about we ain't got nothing to eat. <laughs> Must have been some Baptists in there. We ain't got nothing to eat. But anyway, to get back to this, he told it, stop, peace, be still. The wind quit. The sea was calm. Now, here's the other thing. When the wind quit and the sea became calm and they were about halfway across the, across the sea on a five-mile stretch, how do you think they got to the other side? They had to row that boat. They had to row that boat. And it doesn't mention all the little boats that were there in the beginning. What happened to them? Maybe they turned back when they started seeing the seas getting choppy. We don't know. It's not important. 
What is important is that we are going to have sudden tragedies in our life. Big ones and little ones. And we should always be focused on Jesus. We should always be focused on Him first. 365 times in the Word of God it tells us to fear not. It also tells us that we were given a spirit that frees us, a spirit of strength, not a spirit of fear. There are things that are going to happen in our lives. Some things are inevitable. I remember my little cousin at the birth of his little sister. And that little sister had slipped up on my aunt and uncle. Little cousin was probably about seven years old, and everybody's sitting around and they're, they're just goo goo eyes and everything that you do when a new baby comes home, and the family's there. And they were talking about this and talking about that, and the, I remember my dad and a bunch of people sitting around. And Johnny walked in the middle of them, and that was his name, Johnny. He said, I'm going to tell you guys something. He said, the number one cause of death is birth and walked off. That's a profound statement. Nobody really thinks about that. Ever since the fall of man, we've been born to die. Now, we're supposed to live about 120-some years. Some of us make it. Some of us don't. My mother-in-law, she made it to 102. And I can tell you the reason she made it that long. Because of the fifth commandment. Honor your father and your mother with all your heart. And that is the first commandment with a promise. When I would speak to her, she would talk about God. And she had a reverence about her when she spoke about God. And when she talked about her mother and her father, the level of, resident, of reverence was just a little bit lower. And she lived to be a hundred too. Then her children honored her. She was like E.F. Hutton. When Miss Dovey spoke, them nine kids listened. And Jesus is telling us here, We have a spirit in us that we should not have any fear. Yes, we're going to get afraid. And, and, and rightfully so. I mean, a shock or something, that's, that's great. But you've got to shove it off and you've got to give it to the Lord and get about doing what the Lord's called us to do. See, we all serve, whether we want to admit it or not, we all serve at the pleasure of God Almighty. See, we forget that. We forget that. We forget that we are his servants. We forget that our job is to advance his kingdom. That's what we're called to do. And he was doing that and he's teaching his disciples and they're like us. Look, some of these disciples didn't get it until even after he was resurrected. And one of them still had to have proof. 
we shouldn't beat ourselves up too much, but what we should do is learn to go ahead and seek Jesus first. Seek Him first in all things. And he said in 41, they said, And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? He just told the Pharisees that same day that you know, they called him, he, that he was casting out demons in the name of the devil. And he just told them that how can that happen? The house divided cannot stand. And he explained all that to them. Yet, it's probably like me, just too much information to absorb at one time. And then the and think about the other disciples that weren't fishermen. They probably got amped up the first time the wind started blowing and the boat started rocking. And the more the boat rocked and the more the waves crashed, these fishermen, they're doing everything they can. And these the other guys are the tax collectors and them, they're screaming. We're going to die. We're going to die. And they tell them, here, grab a bucket and bail. And they're probably in shock, so scared they froze. Dog doing everything they can. And they got one in the back asleep on a pillow. <laughs> and then they get, you know, they, they, they get to the point where they just can't stand it. He just can't stand it. And then when he does what he does, they go into more deep fear. They go into deeper fear. You know, what manner of a man is this that even the wind and the sea obey? They've never seen anything like that. They've heard when, when Moses parted the Red Sea, and that probably was so far, so many generations out from that, they might have thought it was just like we do when some people read the Bible that these aren't actually people, just stories passed down over the generations. But they were actually disciples in the boat with God incarnate crossing the Sea of Galilee. And he calmed the wind and he calmed the sea and they went on to the other side. When they got to the other side, that's a completely different story. Um, but this all leads into that. And so where are you at today? Where are you at today? When you're in that boat, what part are you playing? Because all of us are in that boat. The, the life that we, we're on the sea of life, Jesus is in the boat with us. Where are you at? What are you doing? Are you bailing as hard as you can to keep the water out, to keep from sinking? Are you frozen with fear? Screaming? Have you ever seen somebody get so afraid they just scream and can't move? And you almost just really have to wake up paralyzed with fear. And one high octave tone coming from their mouth. Where are you at? Or are you riding in the boat so secure in your salvation, so secure with your relationship with Christ that you can put your head on the pillow while the storm's going on around you? Now, from the outside looking in, if you were the one that was laying on the pillow asleep, or if people are watching you, 
and you're laying on the pillow asleep, able to sleep at night while everything around you is crumbling, the loss would tell you that you just don't care. It's not true. It's not true. You do care. But you can't fix it because things are out of your control, but you know who can. And there is a peace and there is a comfort that comes from relying upon Jesus Christ. There is a comfort and a peace that comes from that. What does he tell us? He tells us, take his yoke, his light. What did he tell us disciples before he peace I leave with you? Peace we have. Does that mean that we're not going to struggle with the things that's in our heart? No. Does that mean we're not going to struggle with the tragedies of life and be immune from them? No. Does that mean that every time we lay out and sleep at night it's going to be on a bed of roses? No. Which I've never understood that. I think that was an oxymoron. To lay down on a bed of roses. Every rose I've ever seen had thorns. But anyway. I think a better way to put it is are you going to go through life not without a a relationship with Christ and looking at the world through rose-colored glasses where everything is rosy and peachy and think, well, when I'm done here, this is it. Well, I can assure you, when you're done here, this is not it. This is just the beginning. We read in the Word of God that life is like a vapor. And if you look up the biblical definition for vapor, the best way to describe it is take a match. A kitchen match or any kind of match and strike it. Let the flame go. Blow it out. That little puff of white smoke at the end, that's a vapor. Life is short. God has numbered our days. He knows how many days we have. He knows the plan we have. He knows whether we're going to be okay in the storm or whether we're not. If we trust in Him, we're promised. We have a promise that we're going to be fine. doesn't mean we're not going to be troubled. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have heartache. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have sorrows. But we're going to be fine. We're going to be good. Our destiny's set. I know where I'm going. When I leave this earthly tent behind, I'm going to be present with the Lord. Because He told me so. His Word is unrevocable. Now think about this. The last little thing I want to get into is, it says Jesus rebuked the wind. Having already known what's in chapter 5 awaiting Jesus when he crosses to the other side. Do you think that storm just blew up on purpose or do you think that it had a demonic influence? If he was not a demonic influence, I think he would have just said, be still in peace. But because I think he knew that it was demonic in nature, that's why he rebuked it. What did he do when he calls out 
demons. He rebukes the demon. Just a thought. Just a thought. And do we still ask ourselves what manner of man is this? That the wind and the sea obey him? Think about the blessings we've seen him perform this week. Think about the answered prayers that we've seen, the provision that he's given us. Think about the prayers we've prayed and we within a few hours have seen God work. Think about the reports that people have gone back to the doctor and it was gone. Think about those things. Science will tell you that it was just something unexplainable. Or that the machine made a miscalculation in the beginning when they took the test results. It was God. It was God. And He deserves the glory. This world and the folks that are walking on the face of this earth in His image, we are here for His pleasure and His glory. Not ours. Not ours. And the question to ask is, Do you think you can sleep in the boat? Do you think you can withstand the storm that is going on around us and put your head on the pillar in the back of the boat and sleep while the waves are crashing in? While your compadres are screaming and hollering, do you think you can rest? The only way you can possibly do that it's through Jesus Christ. And if you can't rest in a storm, and you can't sleep, and you're constantly afraid, the kingdom of heaven is near. Because one day, one day, like the ark, God's going to close the door. And it's going to be too late. If you're alive and you're breathing today and you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus Christ and you walk out of here and something befalls you suddenly, you've made your decision. Your eternity is set. And so is what we do here is we would have not one soul that comes across the threshold of this church go to hell without having heard the gospel. It's in our charter. That's what we do. We preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so today, you need to get right with God. That's between you and God. We just studied the wheat and the tares. Not my job to tell until the harvest comes. And I don't even get to take part in the harvest. The angels do. But it's our job to sow. To sow the wheat of the gospel. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. I thank you for the suddenness of things.
that happen in our life. I thank you for the fact that sudden things happen not just because of disobedience, but also because of obedience. That's how we grow in our faith. That's how we learn to trust you. Our faith should be growing every day. We should be relying upon you every day more and more and deeper and deeper. Well, we thank you for your word that we have to look at the promises you've gave us. Lord, I pray that not one soul exit this building today without having made a decision for you. I don't care if you were baptized as a child. If your heart's not right, today is the day. Lord, I don't care if you've been a Christian and served on every committee there is. But your heart's not right. Today's the day. Lord, I don't care if you've never been introduced to Jesus Christ. Lord, I don't care if you don't have any idea who He is or you've heard His message a thousand times. Today is the day. The kingdom of heaven is near. I pray, Lord, that if they're struggling from your message today, that they can't eat. I pray, Lord, they can't sleep. I pray they can't find peace until they seek you. Above all things, seek you first. Lord, this is my prayer, and I ask in Jesus' name, amen.